The Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News, a ministry dedicated to the truth revealed through Jesus Christ, encouraging listeners to stand boldly as the King's return is at hand. Things are happening more and more quickly now all across the globe. The despotism of the tyrants that rule the nations is growing more intense, though you probably haven't noticed it if you're the typical American who gets their news in sound bites and Facebook memes. As one of our writers recently noted, this is the age of the half-read page where people can't be bothered to think for themselves. The news changes so rapidly that what I write on Monday is often out of date by the time it goes to broadcast or is published on Tuesday. In my previous message, I talked about the Freedom Convoy in Canada as they had peacefully held the line trying to get their political representatives to hear their voices crying out for basic freedoms and liberties to be restored. In a movement that spanned about three weeks' time, more than 50,000 big rig trucks traveled across Canada, garnering enthusiastic support from Canadians from all walks of life along the way. Canadian citizens lined the highways and overpasses in frigid temperatures and blizzards to cheer the truckers on. They held Canadian flags, handmade signs calling for freedom and liberty, and banners with positive messages of support. Of course, the first thing the Canadian government officials did was to impose a ban on standing in public places, if they were there to support the truckers. The crowdfunding site GoFundMe seized millions of donated dollars. When the truckers switched to Give, Send, Go, the Canadian government seized those funds and captured the names of all the donors. The truckers arrived in Canada's capital of Ottawa, welcomed by thousands of citizens there who stood with them. The Canadian people were simply asking for their voices to be heard by the government officials who were supposed to represent them. After two years of increasing tyranny and illegal government edicts reminiscent of pre-Nazi Germany, the people had had enough. It was time to do something, and the truckers led the way. For two weeks, they held their ground in the city of Ottawa, surrounding the Parliament building. People from all walks of life came to join them, camping out in tents in the frigid cold. But the atmosphere remained peaceful and patriotic, with speeches by notable leaders, veterans, patriots, and experts in their fields. There was singing of patriotic songs, raising of the Canadian flag, and a mutual care for each other. They made quite a splash and had overwhelming support of citizens around the world, but still Trudeau and Canadian politicians would not listen. In his best attempt to direct the bought-and-paid-for mainstream media to broadcast lies, Trudeau called the protesters a fringe minority that held unacceptable views. Millions of Canadian citizens, a fringe minority, unacceptable views? Who, I ask you, determines what views are acceptable and which are not? The globalist thought police, of course. Then they made it illegal for fuel stations to sell diesel to the truckers. When individual citizens began carrying heavy cans of fuel into the staging area to supply the trucks themselves, police arrested them and confiscated the fuel. Some of the protesters were decorated military veterans. They held their rallies at a nearby war memorial, but the government closed that memorial to the public, not allowing veterans to even visit their own memorial. Early last week, after coming out of hiding, Trudeau imposed the Emergency Measures Act, which in theory could not take effect until Parliament voted on it. But Trudeau moved forward unilaterally. These emergency measures are reserved for times of war and extreme national crisis or danger. The Freedom Convoy protests did not constitute any of those things. 
Nothing at all like the situation in Seattle, Washington during the summer of 2020 when the Marxist Black Lives Matter and Antifa overtook six square blocks of that city, renaming it Chaz, declaring itself a sovereign nation yet still demanding federal aid. In that situation, the local police building was violently overtaken by protesters, and during the occupation of the Chaz area, there were multiple shootings and daily violence. Our mainstream media, however, portrayed this all as a festive block party. Never mind the looting, burning, and destruction of local businesses, the attacks on police, the extortion of local store owners, and the rapes and murders that occurred there. That was considered a peaceful protest, which called for the defunding of police. I guess that's not surprising for a city that boasts a statue of Vladimir Lenin as one of its most important landmarks. Even as monuments of real American heroes and historical figures have been constantly removed from public view steadily for years now, the statue of the communist Lenin remains the pride of Seattle. But that's another topic. Early last week, the Ottawa police chief resigned rather than be a part of Trudeau's brutal crackdown on peaceful citizens. On Thursday last week, I watched a press conference by the Canadian Freedom Convoy leadership, which included several Canadian military veterans. They stated their case, and there was an atmosphere of patriotism and optimism. Later that day, however, the Deputy Prime Minister announced that bank accounts of donors to the truckers had been frozen, and that online fundraising for the group was being tracked by the government's anti-money laundering unit. Yes, those who dared to support the protest have now had their bank accounts seized by the government. Those individuals will likely be criminally charged in the coming days. Even if they never attended a single public event, but only donated to a cause they believed in. Thursday evening, protest leaders Tamara Lich and Christopher Barber were arrested. They're expected to be charged with counseling to commit the offense of mischief. And by early the next morning, Friday, Parliament Hill was flooded with police. They began arresting protesters using brute force. A meeting in Parliament in which the proposed Emergency Measures Act was to be debated was instead cancelled. The very day the first of the violence erupted. You see, there was no violence on the part of the protesters. Violence only began when the police crackdown began. In a particularly ironic video, police can be seen attacking an RV camper with an axe, while at least eight SWAT team members surrounded the vehicle with machine guns drawn. A sticker on the camper proclaimed one simple word, freedom. Police also used horses trampling protesters, including an elderly lady with a walker. Trudeau's emergency measures also give him the power to limit people from assembling or moving around freely. Police can compel other citizens to help them, in this case, conscripting tow truck companies to remove the trucks against their will, many of which have since been seized by the government. At last count, more than 200 people have been arrested and jailed, but that number will likely grow to the thousands once officials wade their way through their list of participants and donors to the cause. So as this modern-day Gestapo has devastated its own citizens, stolen their money and seized their assets, assaulted them with rubber bullets, beat them with batons and rifle butts, smashed vehicle windows and hauled people off to prison, it appears the Freedom Convoy has failed in its attempt to procure freedom for the people of Canada. Canada has fallen to the communist dictatorship of Justin Trudeau. But why is Trudeau so intent on jabbing everyone and forcing every citizen to show their papers in order to move freely on their way in Canada? 
Information's come forth from multiple reputable, credible, and respected sources indicating that the Trudeau Foundation holds 40% ownership of Acuitas Therapeutics. Acuitas is the manufacturer of the lipid nanoparticles used by Pfizer in their mRNA injections. So is it any wonder that other treatments that are actually really safe and effective have been banned, and getting jabbed and having proper paperwork to prove it is mandatory? Is it any wonder that Trudeau refused to even discuss this matter before imposing wartime measures to defeat and imprison his own people? Is it any wonder that he ordered ten times the number of clot shots as there are Canadian people? Or that he stated that people will need at least eight booster shots minimum and that this will continue through 2024? But the Canadian Freedom Convoy lit a spark that ignited across the globe. There were similar protests all across European countries. Citizens of New Zealand also rose up and gathered at their parliament building, setting up tents and camping in city streets around the building, simply in an effort to get someone, anyone from parliament, to listen to their concerns as they pled for freedom from radical tyranny. In response, New Zealand Parliament building loudspeakers would simply blare a pro-jab mandate message every few minutes, but not a single representative of the people would talk with them. As thousands gathered very peacefully, they held signs with messages like freedom, we are not lab rats, and treat us like people. These signs were contrary to the New Zealand government's mantra of no jab, no job. Eventually, police took similar heavy-handed measures as we saw in Canada, and now many are in jail, others have gone home, and nothing has changed. This week, the People's Convoy is set to begin in California and head east toward Washington, D.C. Unlike the Freedom Convoy in Canada, this American event is led by truckers but open to everyone. You can join the convoy in your car, on your motorcycle, or whatever. I have a feeling they're opening it to everyone because there are not enough American truckers willing to take part. Canada had a great impact worldwide because 50,000 truckers rolling across the country supported by millions of people is hard to ignore. But sadly, I have my doubts that Americans have the courage or even the interest to resist the tyranny that's been upon us for two years now. First, they closed our small businesses, stating two weeks to flatten the curve. Then they mandated mask wearing and social distancing, and most complied because we were told to follow the science. Then the jab mandates. No jab, no job. Little by little, they've taken more of our freedoms away from us here in America, but because it's been done so slowly and incrementally, few have noticed or resisted. Then, of course, they outlawed truth-tellers, banning them from social media sites and the Internet. Then they took control of big tech, making it nearly impossible to find two sides to this story of the pandemic. They slandered and persecuted doctors, scientists, and researchers who were telling the truth. Cancel culture was in full swing, but it didn't concern most Americans because it didn't affect them personally. But many have lost their jobs. Many have been killed by the mandatory jabs and by the hospitals using the official Fauci protocols. But most didn't believe it or care because it didn't affect them especially Christians, but it affected them right from the start when churches were forced to close their doors and Christians arrested for meeting in church parking lots, but they couldn't recognize the face of tyranny even as it beat them over the head. Soon the clampdown is coming here just as we've seen around the world. Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Europe, the globalist's greatest prize is the destruction of the U.S. They're well on their way and they're definitely coming for all of our freedoms soon. 
I encourage you to wholeheartedly support the People's Convoy here in America. Because if we do nothing, nothing will change. But when the tyrants are able to seize all your money, all your assets, everything you have, simply for having unacceptable thoughts, I'm not sure we can win. But we most definitely will not win if we never try. And this is a fight for our very lives and those of our grandchildren. You do realize, don't you, that this could all end tomorrow if our nation would simply turn back to God. There is no political solution. War is not the answer, though we are in the most severe spiritual battle of the age. As a once Christian nation, America could lead the world in this. Turn back to God, remember his commandments, beg his forgiveness, and cry out for his mercy. If we were to do this, the tyrants would be crushed, and our Lord would heal our land. But we're a stiff-necked people with hard hearts. We've forgotten our Creator and our Sustainer. The Word of God should be ringing out in our streets, in our schools, our universities, and in our churches constantly as we pray without ceasing. Repent should be the word on everyone's lips and the action of every heart. Yet we refuse. There's no movement but the movement of God Almighty that will save our nation now. When will we understand that? Audio CDs and transcripts of this message are available when you call me at Wisconsin Christian News, 715-486-8066, or email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com and ask for message number 350. This has been the Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News. Find us on the internet at wisconsinchristiannews.com. Questions and comments? Email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com. The views expressed are those of the speaker.